0: Welcome to another edition of Showtime with Coop. Insightful BS with my Laker teammates and NBA legends. And I got something that's very special because he kind of goes with both of them. In a sense, he is an NBA. I mean, he's an NBA legend, but he's also a teammate. I didn't get the opportunity to play with him. But of all the people I've had an opportunity to play against and some of my former players I've played with, Fish, Derek Fisher is one player that I would love. To have played with in the 80s. And I think he could have been a great player in the 80s. Fish, welcome to Showtime.
1: Thank you, Coop. I like we should end the segment now. I can, <laughs> I can, <laughs> I can pass away in peace, man, hearing you say such kind words, man. Unbelievable. Um, such an honor to always connect with you. And we've not always gotten a chance to spend time, you know, really personally, um, you know, getting to know each other. So I'm I'm really looking forward to this conversation today.
0: Oh, it's gonna be a fun one, man. We just <laughs> gonna have fun. I want you to let your—I won't say your hair, but let your beard down. Right. Gotta, there's two things I gotta ask you. One, Fish, first, you gotta promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Okay. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then second, and this will really solidify your place with Lakers Showtime. I want to hear you say Showtime, okay? Because that was our—that was our mantra. That's the thing that got us ready. So I'm gonna tell you how to say it. And right. I want you to say it, and I, I'll decide if you could have played with us, okay? okay. <laughs> we got ready to go out on the floor. We would go, it's showtime! Let's hear you say that, Fish. All right. One, two,
1: three. It's showtime!
0: I think it could have worked. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. So, Fish, uh, to get us started, tell us a little bit about what it was like growing up for you in Little Rock, Arkansas.
1: Oh, man. Um, You know, just humble beginnings, man. Just, you know... Kid growing up, uh, I can remember as far back as two years old, just having a love and passion for basketball. Had a little Dr. J nerf hoop thing that that my parents. Had why you important. bring him
0: up now, man? You know Dr. J dunked on me. You didn't have to bring
1: oh, that up. Oh, you said You're I. Had to tell below the, the belt truth. now. <laughs> you said I had to tell the truth. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just you know, growing up, strong family. Um, mom that was a a prayer warrior and and, and a church warrior and and just a a leader in her own right. Uh, Always had a a smile on her face, but was tough underneath. Uh, My dad, former military guy, uh, tough on the outside and inside. (laughs) And, um, you know, really just saw myself as a young person that, you know, I, I, I loved basketball, but I never imagined, you know, having the life that I ultimately, uh, you know, have been able to live. Like I grew up watching your teams, loving the way you guys competed, played with one another, for one another. And that's what I wanted to be a part of. But there's, there's no way that you could have told me that I would actually be on the Lakers. So I, I grew up just really wanting to take my education and basketball as far as I could take them without necessarily seeing you know 18 years in the nba at the end of it and
0: hey, you know what fish that's what i was going to ask you uh your thoughts did you see yourself being an nba player but before you answer that tell me how much your family and how much uh, your mom and dad stressed the academics for our younger listeners
1: oh man no academics um then and and you know even still to this day like my parents don't let up on that you know uh, they uh they held me to a high standard you know my sister my siblings like we we got held to a high standard academically. Uh, there was no practice, you know, no games on the weekend if you didn't hold up to handling your, your responsibilities in the classroom during the week. Um, and I, I thought that that gave me a connection to how when you want something really bad, like, you, you know, there's something you're looking forward to being able to do. There's still you have to handle your business first, right? Like So handle your business first, then you get to play. And I thought that was a really good foundational lesson uh, for me, um, you know, as I got into high school and then and then, you know, college at at uh, University of Arkansas Little Rock. My first couple of years, I didn't really see the NBA as a as a definite thing. Um, I was fortunate to I got exposed to some NBA type action uh, one summer. My older brother, half brother, uh, Dwayne Washington, senior, um, he was down in Houston at John Lucas's uh like treatment center and uh, it was, like a lot of guys that were battling different substance abuse issues. Uh, they worked out there in the summer, they would go to rehab, they would train together. And I got a chance to go down and spend a couple of weeks with my brother in Houston. And I just got a chance to play some pickup games and work out with some NBA guys. And John Lucas really asked me, you know, like how many more years of school do you have left? Cause if you can play this way now, I can't imagine two or three years from now where you'll be. And that that was the first seed that got planted in my mind that, uh, you know, if I keep working hard, maybe, uh, but I, I still didn't know for sure. You
0: know, uh, it's funny, Fish, that you would bring up John Lucas, because as we all go through our life and we have trials and tribulations, I actually spent 45 days down there in the rehab center. And John Lucas is a special guy, man. Yes, he is. Really, I mean, Luke had a real incredible college career. But, again, he had his issues in the pros. But he's made a great thing that he has is this uh, – rehab home down there. So uh, I'm glad that you even brought his name up because I love John Lucas to death. So you finished at Little Rock, Arkansas. You're the 24th player picked in the NBA.
1: What were you thinking? (laughs) I mean, I couldn't get past the tears at first. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I was overwhelmed with emotion. Um, You know, sometimes you can work your tail off and, and And put everything into something and it still just doesn't happen for you for whatever reason. Uh and so to to hear my name called, you know, by the commissioner that night, it it was, it was so special of a moment because it was like it was one of the first times that as a young adult, you you sense that if you really put your all into something and you fully commit to it and you don't give up until you get there, it can actually happen. And so I like the emotion was over the top, and then, like on the heels of that came, oh my gosh! Like I'm I'm on the phone with Jerry West, <laughs> I'm, I'm about to go to the Lakers. Like that was like the next part of it. The initial part was just, how in the hell did this just happen? Like he just called my name to go into the NBA draft, and I, I couldn't believe it.
0: I tell you what, Fisher, when you when they first called you out, I didn't like you. Because you were left handed. You are left handed, and I don't like left handed players. But you know what? I grew to really love and respect your game, man. Thank you. uh, just a little bit, because I usually do this at the beginning. But you're probably one of the only guests I've ever had whose accolades are shorter than mine, man. <laughs> Five time NBA champion, Sun Belt player of the year, like D. said, two time All Sun Belt. That's all I got, too, man. <laughs> so we have walked the same path of, uh, in our life, playing with the Lakers, uh, doing the things we have done coaching the Sparks, and we're going to get to that in a little bit. But uh, when you got with the Laker team, um, did you see yourself being a significant role with the Lakers and going on to play for 18 seasons?
1: No, I really, like, I don't think until my career ended um, that I took any of those days for granted. (laughs) Like, I really approached every day like I had to earn the right to be there. Uh, That was just the way... I'd always approach practice games, shoot arounds. I had to give everything that I could possibly give or else I wouldn't be here. Uh, So, and that, so that was my talent, right? Like I wasn't six, seven. I wasn't as fast as, as quick as other guys. I didn't do as many great things, maybe as other guys, but my talent was I'm going to treat this and I'm going to want this more than you are every day. And and that's how I'm going to last longer than you. Uh, So I, I really, from day one, whether it was practice, preseason, or whatever, I always wanted to keep my value up. I always wanted to prove to my teammates, to my coaches, that I belonged here and that you could trust me if you had me in the game. And that was the way I approached every day. Not a bad draft, that 96 draft, by the way, for the Lakers, with, with, with you and Kobe going in the first round. Did you have any idea uh, how good of a player Kobe was when you, when you guys were drafted together?
0: We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro college football actions this season. With a new updated site, interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Not a bad draft, that 96 draft,
1: by the way for the Lakers with, with, with you and Kobe going in the first round, did you have any idea uh, how good of a player Kobe was when you, when you guys were drafted together? No, I was confused to be honest. Like I, there was no way in my mind that a guy that had just finished playing high school could go into the NBA and be successful right away. Like I, I grew up watching Coop and magic and James and B Scott. Like there's no way a dude in high school can just go and all of a sudden be competing with those guys like it it didn't compute in my brain well let let me say something
0: about that fish because you know i was one of the ones that worked kobe out yeah don't listen to the lies that they're saying kobe did not kick my ass man (laughs) i i I was i was very competitive but you know what the thing about kobe is that after that workout we knew he was going to be the player jerry west said hey that's our guy yeah. And, again, you get the opportunity to play with him. So, I mean, Kobe could play, man. He could oh, man. play at an early age.
1: Yeah. No, it was unbelievable. Like, it didn't take long after seeing him every day. But initially, I, there's no way it, it could make sense in my brain. Then, he remember, he broke his wrist uh, playing at Venice Beach, you know, at his first year. So, then his, his training camp kind of got delayed. So, it still took a while before I was able to actually see him on the court. And then it started to make sense after a while. They're like, no, this dude has – he has all these tricks and things that a guy coming out of high school, there's no way he's supposed to know all of this already. He, he knew it.
0: Hey, our guest today is the great Derek Fisher or D. Fish or, or Money Man or however you want to call him. He's in the house today with us, uh, Showtime Coop. Derek, with the point now we're called Coop's Lightning Round. And I'm right. going to ask you – give you five names – And you tell us as much as you want about that person. Okay. Got it.
1: Candace Parker. Great legend. Um, Honored to have gotten a chance to coach her. Like I, she changed basketball. Um, I don't know if we'll ever see another player like her.
0: Mm. Uh, Phil Jackson.
1: Oh my gosh. Like, put hair on my chest and a lot of our chests in terms of like <laughs> our, our players, like really taught us how to grow up and be men and hold ourselves accountable to, you know, if, if we want to be successful, we want to win championships. You can't make excuses. It's not the referee's fault. It's not your teammates fault. It's not his, it's, it's you have to take ownership and uh, I'll always, always appreciate and respect feel not just as a coach, but providing an opportunity to then get into coaching for myself um, will always be forever grateful.
0: Big shot, Bob, Robert Ory. <laughs> dirty,
1: <laughs> dirty, that's my guy. <laughs> what you call him, dirty, dirty? Yeah, dirty South. <laughs> no, <that was> right. <laughs> Rob is from the dirty South, you know, down in Alabama. Um, what, you know, one of the, I, I think the the greatest glue guy You know, I I didn't get a chance to see the Celtics in in, in their years in the 60s and and what they put together. But I don't know if there's a player that will ever have the combination of confidence, basketball IQ, humility and and an ability to like, regardless of the team dynamic, just find a way to, to fit into it and not just fit in, but like elevate it to another level. Like he he. He's a special, special human being. And I think that's why, as a player, he made his team so much better. Like, it, it's it's about him, but it's not about him, right? Like, he has the confidence to be a winner and to be great, but he doesn't mind having other people get to shine. So, um, wouldn't have this success without Rob.
0: The late, great Jerry Sloan.
1: Mm. Consistency. Um, You know, I only played for him for one year, but he was so consistent in the way he coached his players, his teams, the way he communicated, you know, it was, it was different in 2006 to see a coach manage the the 12th guy, the same way as the fifth guy, the same way as the first guy. And that was, you know, that was kind of out of date by 2006. Um, But he was still consistent in the way he approached it. And I always thought that that was as fair as I had ever seen a a coach handle and manage his team. And uh, God rest his soul.
0: Uh, Last one is, and you're a man of faith, Fish. We know that. Uh, You remind me so much of A.C. Green. Uh, Mm. John the Baptist.
1: (sighs) Well... I may remind you of A.C. Green, but I am I am nowhere near, uh, you know, cut from the cloth that A.C. was and is. Um, I learned a great deal from A.C. when you talk about consistency, et cetera. I mean, John the Baptist for me uh, and my family, like. I think, that, you know, sacrifice is a word that we, you know, we throw it around, but I'm not sure we always understand what it really fully means, um, and he always, to me, represented someone that was willing to give of himself in a way that other people just couldn't figure out a way to give that much. Um, and we we don't talk about him as often when we think about um, stories and you know biblical examples and we when we quote quote scriptures et cetera. Uh, but you know, growing up the way that I did and and the way my mom you know raised us and taught us like. His name will always be revered, and uh, it's something that you know we're trying to pass on to our kids as well. I mean, two of our kids go to you know faith-based schools, and uh, they have Bible class. and I, I'm trying to do the best job that I can to make sure you know within our family we don't we don't lose connection to our faith. Like it, it is the foundation to uh, you know what happens in our lives and, and the way we handle the things that happen in our lives.
0: This is the Showtime with Coop. We got Derek Fisher in the house. couple more questions for you, Fish, because I know you're a busy man. You got to get out there start recruiting for the Sparks. Exactly. Come up with a team that's going to win, baby, win. Yep.
1: Exactly.
0: Uh, Fish, uh, and, and talking a little bit about back to the Lakers, your playing days. You played 18th season in the NBA. You won five championships with the Lakers. Ask you a question. What championship team of yours do you think could have beat any one of ours in the 80s? now you told you promise to tell the truth because i'm gonna tell you back now shaq kareem would be a good matchup
1: yeah i mean they'd score a lot of points on each other but i don't know if anybody could stop anybody those two man. Um, Let's
0: let's put it like this what was the strength of your team's back then yeah, I know you I, had, it's not all about the physical presence of Shaq you guys had other things working for you
1: yeah I think it's interesting like and, and I'm not sure like for your experience Coop like there were kind of different versions right of, of those championship teams yeah. so like the, the 2000 2001 2002 group older veteran guys you know really mature team AC Green John Sally Glenn Rice Rick Fox Robert Ori Ron Harper like you know, that team was a really seasoned veteran team, uh, and then you sprinkle in my youth, Kobe's youth, Shaq's youth, and and that kind of got us over the hump in those first few years. But so then, would you say
0: that would be your, you guys better team? Would that would be the better team you think for the of
1: your five teams? I think in the eighties, as physical of a game as it was, like and we were playing those rules. I think the earlier teams the 2002, the 3P teams would have a better chance mm. of mixing it up with you guys compared to the teams in 08, 09, and, and 10. Like we, those teams were, we played fast like you guys. Like, I don't think people remember how fast we played in 08 with Lamar yeah, Odom yeah. and Kobe and Farmar and Sasha and, and Paul Gasol. Like we would fly down the court. We played at a high pace. We scored a lot of points, but I don't know, like physically. I don't know if we could have really matched up with you guys. That's what that's why we struggled in 08 against the Celtics, because we couldn't match that physicality. We had to grow into that. Um, but it's I would was, sad, saying, I was being being nice because it
0: was not physicality. Them fuckers were just flat out dirty. They were dirty in the 80s, they were dirty. <laughs> don't don't give it, don't give them that physical shit. They weren't physical, they were a fucking dirty team because they knew that was the only way that they could yeah. beat. The Lakers championship teams.
1: That's for sure. I agree okay. with
0: that. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad I said it for you. For you. <laughs> okay, bitch, So uh and moving on. Yeah. Uh Fish, uh you finished your seasons in the 18 season NBA. Like you said, Phil was one of the persons that got you into coaching. You coached several NBA teams, and now you find yourself in the WNBA. For me it was an experience that wasn't too far of what I had learned because Mm -hmm. I tried to coach the women like men. I mean,
1: what, how did you take that? How did you approach that coaching women? Yeah, no, I, you know, I don't know if I ever coached several NBA teams, my, my time in New York, like I'll never ever forget. Um, I I think Knicks fans deserve so much more than, than what they've gotten. And, and I, I think, basketball being great in New York City is good for basketball. <laughs> so I, I hope that the Knicks continue to improve and get better. Um, transitioning from coaching men to women uh, I, honestly for me cool like I think the biggest challenge has been right like coaching men a lot of times you're you're managing egos and you're trying to you know figure out how to blend you know the egos, the personalities the talents together but there's no there's no shortage of you know guys feeling like no nah, i'm the I'm the baddest dude in this locker room, you know what i mean <laughs> like i I can go out and score twenty if you let me uh for me, transitioning to the w like i that's the tough part is there's a shortage of female players that really feel like I'm the greatest in the world, yeah yeah, like, I, smaller? like, yeah, like I really believe. That if, I'm, if I have the right resources, the right coaching, the, like if all of these pieces come together, I can be one of the greatest players to ever play basketball. And that is the part. That's what I'm trying to like empower Sparks players to become more and more of like, let's take off the, the, the box, the blinders, whatever things that we feel like limit our ability to believe in self. Um, and so that was that's the transition that I I struggled with early on, because I for me, especially as a guy that was marginally talented, that just I worked really hard to get what I got. I, I kind of assume that W players are that way, too. Right. Like we under resourced, under invested in. We don't support them. We don't watch them the way we should. So everybody was going to have that like that go get them attitude. And a lot of players didn't. So mm-hmm. it, it took me a little time to realize, no, no, no. Like you have to, you, you have to push them almost like me. Right. to So that there's okay. a belief that like, no, okay. Even though you may not be there yet, I believe you can. And so therefore we're going to work that way. And. It's it's been gratifying though the the transition and the adjustments. You know, Fish, I say there's
0: two things that uh, that I enjoyed about coaching the WNBA. One is that the women look better in their uniforms, and <laughs> and two, they smell better. So I was always calling timeouts. How you like Shaq hanging over you with all that sweat? Worthy sweat, and they come in smelling. Those are the things. So I'm constantly calling timeouts because Lisa wore the night, latest perfume and all that. That's what I enjoyed. But truly, the women play a different style of game. They play a game. And if you can get that mixture and you've had that mixture, when you get it all together, it's something special because it reminds you of the days when you played. And that's the one thing that I love about women is to develop them and to help this game continue to be on. Do you
1: think the WNBA will be here another 25 years? I think it will be Um, what, what type of league we have over the next 25 years, I think is that's the, the, the big question, right? Is, it will be here because I I don't think girls and women are going to allow us not to support them. Right. Like they're calling us out and they're putting us on the mat to say, get out of the way, like either support us or move, but we're going where we want to go. I think it's what kind of WNBA do we want? Right. Like we, we all have to think of the WNBA as though that's our sister, our mother, our aunt, our daughter, right. Like, what experience would we want for her in her professional career right like that and we need that's the league that we have to create um but i do think it'll be here it's growing astronomically um it's it's tough to get people's attention right but you know i think we all like things that are on the rise you know sometimes we get a little bored if if something that's been around for a long time. We're not sure if we still, like, why am I still watching this? Like, let's try something new. I think the WNBA can be something new that people try that still love basketball. You see the way the NBA guys are showing up uh, to WNBA games. Everybody's following it on social media. You know, we we want it to be great and bigger than what it is. Uh, But we just have to do the work and, and have the confidence and belief that, you know, it'll get to the place where we want to go. Uh, it requires that patience, though, that that you – when we saw each other about six months ago before the season started. Mm-hmm. And, and you told me, like, you know, Fish, you're going to have to really be patient this year as you guys go through this transition. And the injuries, like, forced more patience than yeah. I needed to have, but it was a really profound lesson for me to really understand – Uh, how much patience is required in order to build something great and we're still excited about where we're going but we got to have a healthy team yeah um, and and players that uh really want to be great like you come to LA and you play for teams that wear purple and gold there's no tiptoeing around trying to be the best in the world And, and and those are the type of players we have to bring in
0: Yes, you know, as a player, last couple of questions. As a player, we had for us in my era, it was the Boston Celtics. We hated them. Uh, For you guys, it was (laughs) check on the Sacramento Queens, uh, whoever. uh, And and you guys had the Celtics, too. And as I coached in the WNBA, for the Sparks with us, it was the Comets. Who is your new rivalry now, that team that you want to hate? I
1: feel like it's the Minnesota Lynx. Um, I, you know, I think Cheryl is like, yeah, they like they, 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 they had a sustained level of greatness and, you know, four championships and I think it was 11, 13, 15, 17. Uh, and so they, you know, they walk in the building with that confidence, like, you know, we're great, we're special. You know they. She she teaches her teams to play physical. They fish, dirty. Fish, they let me cut to. you off.
0: Fish. Let me cut you off for a second, I Remind me when you walked into the game. And I remember when I was in Atlanta. I walked again. Isn't that a demoralizing feeling to know that I don't care how good you coach them and ready to play the going Go get your ass kicked. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they were good, man. Yeah, yeah, no, they Minnesota. Man, they. It, you know, she has built. Um, and 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 but it's a great example though like they're consistently good, yeah because she she's been there for many years she's had the time and the opportunity to develop her belief systems, her values, her principles, any player that she brings in, they have to buy into what has been established before that player got there she didn't she's not coming into something where players are trying to convince her to do something different and and that that's gone in sports now. Like, you don't see as many coaches, you know, sticking around for 10, 12, 15 years in the same place. Uh, so I think the Minnesota Lynx, uh, you know, Bill Lambert has, has established, you know, some some good consistency there in Vegas. Um, you know, it's easy to not like Bill, <laughs> uh-huh. It but, you know,
0: so it's really easy. I yeah. hate that guy with all all my inners, man. I hate.
1: Him. Uh, <laughs> but but is a he, successful
0: that's what coach. Yeah. Uh, just an asshole, wise ass guy, man. Yeah, no, he is. But I like,
1: <laughs> I to his credit, he has done a lot for the W. Like he, yeah. he yes, really he champions for his players. And I, that's I like I hate coaching against him. I didn't like him in Detroit when he played. I didn't like him in Detroit when he coached the shot. I don't like him now, but I, I do really like and respect um, how invested he has been in, in the WNBA yeah. and the way he pushes for his players. And, and I, we, you know, we all have something to learn from that example.
0: Fish, uh, last question for me. Um, It's a foregone thing in the NBA where in the NBA, you used to have coaches that were general managers. When I got there, it happened with Jerry West and stuff like that. How are you handling that in the WBA? Because I know Bill is the GM and the coach. I think Mike Tebow in Washington might be the GM and the coach. How are you handling that? I didn't like that as a coach. I I like those uh, positions to be separate. How
1: are you dealing with it? I think just finishing my first year, um, you know, and and it happened, you know, I got hired as a GM right as we went into free agency. Yeah, So I'm really like excited about this off where being able to really plan and lay out a vision for where we want to go in terms of our culture, our team, uh, the type of players, uh, organizationally, what we want to do. Uh, so far, I, I, I do like it, Coop. I think in the W, uh, they're about half of the teams that, um, that have that set GM up. Coach. James. Yeah. James Wade in Chicago is the okay. GM and coach um, as well. Uh, there are a couple of names that that are not prominent. Cheryl Reeve in Minnesota. Um, I, I think in the W with the rosters being so tight, you know, 12 players, you don't have a developmental system. Uh, it's such an intimate group of, of, of uh, team and staff. I, I think it does position me at least, and, and, and maybe others would, would feel differently, to have a really, really close view of every aspect of what's going on in basketball operations and not feel as though um, I'm trying to like figure out how to work with someone to put together a team, belief systems, you know, priorities the way I see them. I think ultimately, as the league grows, they should be separate but as the where the league is right now the staffs are so small compared to the staffs on the men's side for ownership groups it almost works better for them to have that one person that wears both hats if they can find that individual so so far i'm enjoying it 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 wasn't easy to be honest to have to also be the guy that you know spoke to agents and players about hey i'm i'm going to trade you you know this is what's happening uh, OK, we're going to have to cut you or release you. Uh, those are things that when I was coaching the first couple of years, I was not always the one in the room at that time. Um, but I tried to just embrace it as as a part of me getting outside of my comfort zone the way I ask players to. Right. And and being willing to to, to push myself um, into areas that maybe I I normally wouldn't. So I'm enjoying it so far. Um, I, I do think that the W is a special place. I think it's going in the right direction, and we just got to keep pushing harder and and speaking louder and supporting these women as much as we can.
0: You know what, Fish? Uh, I would had the 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 fourth blessing to be there at the beginning. And it's truly, truly a blessing to see players like yourself, men like yourself that are going on and not afraid to jump into that league because the WBA is very, very special to me, man. I watch all teams. I know you got to get some things done, so we're going to let you go. Uh, but good luck to you, man. Appreciate all it, cool. best, if there's anything I can do to help you out. The pressure's on, baby. Yes, sir. You got to get it done. Come on. You got it. You don't have no first round picks. You got four seconds, I believe, four seconds and a third. You got to look up under some rocks, man. You (laughs) got to stick in the tree. You got to shake that bush, but you got to find that player, man, because you got a good nucleus. And again, I'm going to be praying, praying, praying for your team to be healthy. I know NECA has dealt with some injuries as well as Sinead. So uh, good luck to you, man. All right, anything?
1: No, nah, man, appreciate you both. You know, seriously, Ari, I know if, if you want to end with anything, but I, I appreciate the opportunity, man. The only question I have is, is it really possible to get a shot off in 0. 0.4 seconds? It is very possible. <laughs> <laughs> it is indeed. How it is Shiller. it possible? It is, there, there, is, there is video <laughs> evidence. <laughs> but, I mean, did you, in hey, that you moment. The, truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. In that moment where you're like. Yeah, that's, I mean, what do you, I mean, obviously you're not thinking anything because it's seconds, but like, just, I mean, what, what's going on in that moment in terms of like what you have to do to get it off in that 0.4 seconds. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Like, re, like life always, like we're oftentimes something happens in life and we were in that position before. And if we, if we can remember the lesson from it, we actually can be better the next time. So quick story. When I was in college, we were playing at Mississippi state and the game was tied with 0.2 seconds left. We were taking the ball out at, on the baseline at our basket, and I was taking it out. I made eye contact with our biggest, most athletic player. We made eye contact. Long story short, he spun out for a lob. I threw the ball right to the front of the rim. He tips it in, and we win the game. So for me, i had had the experience wow. of, of winning a game with 0.2 seconds left. So, in that moment in San Antonio, of course, I didn't know what was going to happen. But during the timeout leading up to those moments, I never felt like there wasn't something that could happen wow. in order for us to still win. So, well, point four was an eternity. That was an eternity. That <laughs> <I> was <laughs> twice. You you, man.
0: Thank you, brother, for being on <laughs> yes, the show, man. I appreciate Thank you. that, man. Appreciate it, Cool. All Thank my you. best All right. to you. I'm going to get out there and watch some more games this year. Okay, please.
1: please do. Anytime, let us know anything you need, Cool. Everybody, Garrett Fisher. Thanks, Fish. Thank you, man. Talk to okay. you guys soon. Thanks, right. right. Fish. All right.